0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the big UFC 284 pay-per-view going down this weekend in Perth, Australia. Headlined by the super fight between the featherweight champ Volkanovski and the lightweight champ Makachev. Also got the interim featherweight championship between Yair and Emmett. So it's a pretty, pretty fun card. Um, some lower level prelims, but I'm pretty excited. Got a lot of bets that I'm excited to share. So um joined by my co-host as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man?
1: pay-per-view week we love to see it um you know good card at the okay card i would say main card i think is intriguing i'm a guy that i kind of like it when um when they put some intriguing stuff on the prelims honestly whether it be like a debut on prospect or you know uh two two guys like uh like let's say like that saeed uh versus saeed kakaromanov fight i like stuff like that so i think that is slacking that a little bit um, you know, I usually like, uh, you know, being up for the prelims uh, portion of it. Not going to be the case this time. But imagine if they had, you know, uh, Robert Whitaker. And, and Paulo Costa on this mm. card, that, you know, that would have been it would have been an incredible, you know, card. That would have been, you know, they would have had those that that fight, the Randy Brown versus Jack fight, and then I guess one other fight on the main card in addition to the title fights. That would have been pretty sick. So I'm hoping UFC keeps coming sh- strong with the pay per view uh, cards. Um, they're seeing some st- stuff fall apart overall, but uh, but yeah, we're uh, you know, good, cool card last week. We're staying international this week, so let's see what we got.
0: And I think it wasn't Waldo's. Yeah, Waldo Cortez was supposed to be on this card, too, man. That would have really. I Waldo Waldo versus,
1: uh, you know, that Tafa guy who I, I heard. Someone said that that Tafa guy is a good kickboxer. I don't know. I, hmm. I, I, I've never heard of him.
0: Yeah, um, man, there were a lot of good fights that got canceled. That Zhang Chinese guy from the road to UFC is out of Pedro. Kaikar, France versus
1: Alex Perez was supposed to happen. That's what I'm saying. They they have been putting together some good pay per view cards. You know, bad luck has been falling upon it, but hopefully that Miami card and the I saw that Jalen Turner's fight went uh, came apart for the John Jones card. But yeah, I'm hoping they uh, they keep matchmaking well for the uh, pay per view ones. Yeah, a lot of all, and we're seeing and we're seeing the uh, they're going back to live events. It's like a live event at least every month now, I guess, right? So they have that April card uh, in Kansas City. And they're gonna do a new york card another one so stuff yeah it's or all right apex.
0: they they still need to cut down on the apex i'm pretty sure they've
1: we're working we're working we gotta build martian we gotta build back up
0: well um last week was a good week uh the late card uh, i profited 1.8 units on track bets you know my big bet on jubilee uh most confident read there was was pretty spot on and uh great live bets uh Tabura and Clark specifically, you know, just big plus money while they're winning the fights. I mean, the Clark one was one of the strangest live lines I've ever seen. I mean, he didn't he won round one, you know, pretty much start to finish. He ended round one on top landing ground and pound. And he was a wider dog at plus 270 than he was before the fight. I mean, Seriously, made no. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe what it was was that there was a script, and Devin Clark broke. You know, he broke. uh, He broke the script. Mm -hmm. But um, but like, but you know what it is. Uh, what we were saying last week was Devin Clark. A lot of his fights, when he wins them, they kind of go according to a certain plan. You know, he survives early on, or whatever it is, he gets his groove on. But he usually wins by decision. Um and it was similar to Alonso Metafield fight. Like he kind of like wins you know, kinda evades damage uh for the most part and then kinda you know, he got his wrestling going better in this fight. But yeah, plus two thirty, that was uh, that was a super good uh super good underdog. You you didn't really have to sweat that one that much.
0: Right. Um and then you didn't track any bets, but then uh out- how'd oh.
1: No I, I mean yeah I mean I think anyone who uh followed you know anything we did you know that that uh what's it called karakaya bet that you uh gave out at the end of it was great Tybora came through Jubilee um you know Derek Lewis didn't come through but we were not you know too invested in that in that fight um but yeah it was a, I, I thought it was a, it was a pretty good card and that know? fight was and, hilarious. Uh, I, some good prospects some good prospects coming out from it we told you that Nakamura was, you know, super legit, and that guy, I, I really do think that guy has like top twenty, top fifteen potential for sure. Not the way, the
0: way Spivak was like controlling Lewis's wrist and then just dragging him down to the <laughs> mat, and like Lewis would just land like face first into the <laughs> canvas, and it happened like that was tough. it happened like four different times, man. That was great. Yeah, I had that was a- tough because
1: that's like the only thing Sergei Spivak is good at is like riding the back, like ho- like wrist riding and that and derek lewis had no answer none. absolutely
0: yeah. None. zero yeah i had um last thing i'll say is i had two bets spivak round two and then uh junior and park round two that were both you know a minute away but you know unfortunately didn't, didn't get there but those those round two three props are are, are always good I, I like looking out for them but um enough about last week let's get into the first of these 13 fights uh uninteresting fight to start now this fight on Tapology says 145 but on the ufc website it says 155 i think i trust the ufc on this one so it's a zubaira to Hugo moving up to 155 taking on ufc newcomer elvis brenner and the line for this one is um zubaira zubaira massive favorite minus 600 brenner plus 400 i mean uh, it's hard to really justify Zubaira at minus 600. The guy's kind of an underwhelming fighter, kind of historically slows down and gasses out in some of his fights. And even when he's winning the fight, he's kind of a lay and pray artist. Um, so, I definitely don't advise -600. Definitely leave this one out of the parlay. There are some, you know, chalks uh chalk favorites that you can make a parlay with, but I'd say leave this one out, man. Um Brenner looks no good at all to me. He can be stuck on bottom for long periods and in the striking, the only area of the fight I think he can have success potentially, uh he just barely throws uh, any shots, doesn't really have much intensity behind his strikes. So I don't see him having many, much of a chance to win here. And he's also probably going to be a, a much bigger underdog alive uh, because Zubaira typically starts fast and fades. Um, but, you know, moving up to 155 may, uh, you know, resolve some of his cardio issues that we've seen historically. So no bets on the fight. I kind of think that goes the distance is the only bet that that's worth it here. But uh, I'm not, I don't think I can even get there myself. Uh, so anything for you here?
1: Nope. I mean, Lucas Brenner. I think he trains uh in the Olivera. He's from the Olivera camp. Shoot box. Um, has some submission wins. You know, it's only like 25 years old. Like he said, 155 should be better for Tejugo. the guy consistently misses weight, or you know something off with um with weight cut. Um, so I think they gave him this fight, and they're like, Hey, let man, like, look, make make weight here. Um, you know, you're Khabib's boy, but you know, this boy, but you know, uh, you got to make weight if we're going to keep you. So I think he's going to win the fight, probably using some takedowns. But like you said, these, you know, these shoot box guys, like we saw in my bet that went down in flames, John Castaneda, uh, beforehand, they don't stop. Like these guys have a high motor to who uh, to golf does not have the greatest motor, uh, later in fights, but that could be a recipe for, uh, Zuhurov actually knocking this guy out though, because he does have some powerful punches, does throw some. Uh, he he has like full commitment on them, uh, oftentimes. So I could see him landing a big shot on this guy and finishing him. But I have zero interest in this fight or either of these guys in their careers.
0: Yeah. Not not to go on for a fight that nobody cares about, but his past three fights that went out of round one, all decision losses. So that kind of points to him, you know, not really being the best cardio guy himself, too. So um, moving along to Featherweight Division, uh, Blake Builder taking on Shane Young here. Builder making his UFC debut. Young coming off a long layoff. Um, Young's the favorite, minus 135. Builder plus 115. So Northeast guy, former CFFC champion. Uh, what are you thinking uh, about Builder? Coming hey.
1: Blake the Builder, can he build? Listen, <laughs> wait, Blake, Blake, Blake Builder. Oh, oh, I was gonna say, I thought his Blake, name was Bob. Blake Builder, <laughs> Builder. Um, like you said, CFFC champ. Um, you know, came kind of more like a. He's just a real scrappy guy. You know, he's got only eight fights. You know, hasn't lost, has a draw in there. You know, strong. You know, featherweight. I don't really know what his primary style. Like, obviously, like I said, he's a grappler. But he's not like, I don't, he was confusing to me in like those fights, those last like three fights that he won in a CFFC. I thought he's going to lose um, the first two for sure. And then by the third one, or or he only had two, but I thought he was going to lose both of them. And then going into the contender series, I was like, you know what, these Canadian guys, they don't know how to grapple like dudes from the, you know, that, that, that win CFFC titles. So I bet on him and he won um but i think here against shane young i think this is a bad bad style matchup for him just because shane young he's very intense uh in there right if you see that viral clip of him doing a haka you know before like at a stare down you know the guy's insane um but he's pretty consistent i feel um he's like a high floor guy you know the last two guys that he fought Really, really good athletes and Omar Morales and uh, Ludovic Klein. So I think that was like just a little bit too much for the style that Shane brings. He's kind of like looking to chip away at you. Kind of just, you know, throw a lot of quick, you know, shots in succession. You know, if it goes to the clinch, he's cool with that. Um, He can fight on the ground as well. Um, And he's just a well-rounded guy. I did see him looking in pretty good shape as well this week. 93 guy. Obviously, we like that. Um, So I think he's going to be just a foil for just the momentum that Blake kind of needs and needs to get going in these fights for him to win. You know, a lot of these fights, he's kind of losing them or they're a little bit even. And then he kind of like finds an opportunity. He latches onto something or, you know, he lands a big shot or something like that. So I side with Shane Young. Um, I don't have too much of a feel on the, uh total here but i still think there's some value in shane young here at the minus 135 price i think it's going to close more like the FanDuel minus 150 but you know a guy who has been out for a while as well so you know want to be careful with it but i i, I do think that the fight will go the distance so i would look into maybe him winning by a uh, decision
0: yeah i'm in agreement with pretty much everything there i, I don't have a good feel on the total here um I think I might just slightly disagree with it going the distance just because builder seems to walk right into punches. Uh, I mean, this guy had a pretty nice finishing on the contender series with a punch behind the ear with the back take. Um, But I mean, watching some of his fights before uh, the contenders on CFFC, man, this guy is very vulnerable to punches. He's been dropped and hurt multiple times. I mean, both Buena Fuente and Carvalho, I mean, dropped them really bad. Like had them, you know, one punch away from being uh, knocked out cold. And, you know, I got to give the guy credit. He is good at coming back from adversity and staying in fights that he's losing. And uh, he's definitely that type of fighter who will, uh, you know, get beat up for a while, then come back and win. Kind of like a, almost like a Brandon Royval type of style. Um, But I mean, that's a bad, that's a bad style for, uh, you know, a good UFC weight class, like 145 here. Um, Shane Young uh, is coming off that long layoff and hasn't looked great lately, um, but I still think the guy uh, should have the striking to give a lot of issues to Builder on the feet. I'm not impressed with Builder's wrestling, and I don't think he's going to really take down Young here. Uh, I think, you know, Builder is going to need some sort of back take or something to win the fight because uh, the striking man, I mean, he is just bad defense bad chin and i think young will piece him up when the fight's on the feet so i think there's a good chance shane drops him here and hurts him it's just a matter of can he put it away or not and um yeah i like shane's money line as well i i took a minus 134 the line really hasn't moved yet um so i, I don't know maybe people are seeing something we're not here and they're gonna t- keep taking builder but um uh, you know i'm i would be happy to add if the line kept coming in so Alador for that fight. Moving on to the women's uh, strawweight division, Loma Lukbunmi taking on Elise Reed. Loma, big favorite, minus two eighty-five. Reed plus two forty-five. Here, um, you know, big fan of Loma. You know, she's a she's got great technique uh, on the feet and the clinch. Uh, she can even hit takedowns on some women as well, and got consistent cardio. I just think that she comes, you know, prepare for the full three rounds each and every fight. And Reed. I just don't think presents any unique problem to Loma that she hasn't seen before. Kind of she Reed, I mean, uh kind of just a worse version of Sam Hughes. You know, I mean Hughes actually destroyed Reed when they fought, but Loma was able to defeat Hughes, um, you know, pretty pretty easily. It was twenty-nine twenty-eight, but there wasn't much trouble there in that fight for Loma. And I just think that, you know, on the feet in the clinch, uh, Loma's gonna probably trash her and you know, I think that the only thing you could really, really be worried about is just kind of sketchy judging. But Loma usually puts a pretty good seal in these rounds, and she's won a lot of her fights by a unanimous decision. I think she's pretty safe here, and I do have a parlay, and she is one of the legs. I will, uh, you know, update you on the later legs because um, I, I was against, I was against laying this juice. I'm not betting past minus two fifty anymore, but I have a little bit of an exemption here if I'm parlaying a few of them here. So, uh, any thoughts here? Or are you just thinking, you know,
1: Loma by decision? <laughs> I mean, I don't care about this fight at all. Um, yeah, I would say Loma by decision, but, you know, at least Reed. Yeah, I mean, at least Reed, she just don't have much to offer. Could I see her maybe land a shot on Loma? Who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe like a kick or, you know, a karate kick. But, um, <laughs> yeah, total, total trash fight. I mean, it's probably at least Reed's last fight in the UFC. Mm. <coughs>
0: Maybe. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't even remember that Melissa Martinez fight. Uh, I really don't. Didn't didn't rewatch that one this week. But, um, featherweight fight next. Um, Jack Jenkins is making his UFC debut, taking on, uh, Don Shanice. Um, the line for this one. Uh, Jack's the favorite, minus 335. Shanice plus 275. Am I saying this guy's name right? I don't even know. Shanice? Uh, I'd say Shanice. All right. Well, uh, you think he's got a shot here against Jack?
1: Um, don no nah, i mean i think what i what i think could happen is i think a longer grappling fight could maybe play out here um just cuz you know jack jenkins i just i, I mean I, I i'm just not sure if he is going to uh right uh, right away overwhelm uh Shea-ness, you know i think people have that picture of how sadiq basically just ran up to do threw a few punches um and then just jumped on his neck. Um and they kind of think that maybe, you know, Jack. But the 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 thing with Jack is that his striking, I don't think he's really knocking him out um and setting up a lot of big uh knockout shots on the feet, in my opinion. Um so I think it would have to kind of be like wearing him down in a ground, you know, ground TKO, ground knockout kind of thing. So I think at the juice here of the over one and a half and comparing it to some other one and a half on this card. I think I actually prefer this one. If you can find a, a place that doesn't have the two and a half that has the one and a half, and take it over. Um, but that would be the only thing that I would uh be maybe looking into betting on this uh this fight. But um, because just shyness, he doesn't throw enough strikes. He's not, you know, uh, dangerous enough feel to beat a guy like Jack Jenkins. Yeah, I was pretty approached or,
0: or pretty impressed what I saw um from Jenkins. Uh thought his his striking kind of reminds me of Volk a little bit where he's fighting behind the leg kick, the calf kick. He's, you know, kind of um, you know, parrying his hands out there, getting a sense for the range, popping his jab in his opponents' faces. And I mean his whole offense kind of revolves around that leg kick, and he's been successful hitting it on a lot of opponents. And when I saw him defending takedowns, I thought he had a pretty good understanding of underhooks and, um, you know, getting, getting off the cage, uh, you know, maybe he would get his back pushed to the cage and he would do really well with the underhooks, you know, changing the position around he uh, fought and lost to a guy named Medina a few years ago. And then in, in the rematch, he just, you know, torched the guy and uh, beat him up the entire time. So it's clear that this guy is making, you know, big strides and improvements. I thought his contender series fight, um, was a pretty good performance, you know, it took him a pretty long time to, to finish the guy. And he also fought a guy, Rod in his last fight, or second to last fight. Uh, I mean, he he was beating this guy up from the second the fight started. I mean, it was a complete wash. And uh, Jack still didn't finish him. 25 minutes, just let the fight keep going. I almost think that he might have wanted the fight to go the full five rounds just to kind of test his own cardio. But... If it wasn't that reason, I don't understand what was going on there. I mean, it looked like he never really put his foot on the gas. So maybe have some questions about Jack's finishing ability if he wasn't able to finish that guy. And he did go real late with that guy on the contender series. So uh, I I understand people playing the overseer, but I think this one should be uh, really should be all Jack. I mean, I think he's pretty adequately prepared for these takedowns that are coming from Don. Don's wrestling in his top position really isn't that good. I mean, I, I've seen him take a lot of guys down and then be reversed by those same guys and lay on his back for extended periods. So I don't really think the grappling threat of Shaneys is anything to worry about. And I think that Jack, you know, beats him up pretty ha- handily on the feet. That'll do. uh, Oh, by the way, that's the second leg of the parlay. Um, And the third leg is coming up next. Lightweight division, Jamie Malarkey, Francisco Prado. Uh, Malarkey's the favorite minus 280 Prado plus 240. Uh, I mean, Prado sucks, man. I mean, I don't know where they got this guy from but i mean there's there's nothing to say good about this guy his last fight he he did have some wild swing fest against some bum opponent where he kind of got a nice knockout over him but outside of that i mean he looks like a really bad grappler first of all he he can't defend takedowns he uh he gets stuck on his back for long periods and his striking is just wild sloppy shit so unless he catches Malarkey with some wild sloppy shit early on here i think he's going to get you know drowned at, in like Malarkey likes to do. I mean, Malarkey's great at just, you know, taking taking a slow start and just, you know, putting it on you in rounds two and three. The guy's got really good cardio. And, uh, you know, Prado's never been to the decision, only been in round three one time. So I think the later the fight goes, the more Malarkey's going to take over. And check out those round two, round three props for Malarkey Let's see what they are. Malarkey round two, uh, plus five fifty, and round three, plus a thousand. That's not that good, but um, you know, our boy Pepe Silvia was talking about a line uh, for Malarkey round two, round three sub is plus twenty three hundred on FanDuel. So I bet that myself. And Malarkey's the third leg of the parlay. Three, uh, you know, big
1: favorites. Um, thinking anything here? Right, right here. Now? Yes, I'm thinking about something right here. Martian found my favorite bet thus far. Under two and a half. This fight is not going three rounds. It's not happening. It is there's there's no way this fight will go three rounds. Oh, I All bet right? that I'm, shit too. I bet that shit too. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> this is this fight is going under, okay, because Jamie Marlarkey, right? I love Jamie Malarkey, right? Malaki, if you if, if long time listeners know, but you saw that Michael Johnson fight. The guy's getting cracked a little bit, right? And the reason he's getting cracked is because he's there. He's trying to knock the other guy the fuck out as well. But Jamie Malarkey, one, does not want a fight to go like that again, where he's kind of going life and death like that. In the third. So he's coming to finish this guy early. And if he doesn't, I mean, I just feel like this Francisco Prado, If if the reason that he doesn't finish him is going to have to be because Francisco Prado has something to offer, I feel, in the terms of, damaging jamie i don't think this guy basically what i'm telling you is there's no way from what i saw that um francisco prado is like well-schooled defense like you know escape no the only way he's winning this fight is if he starts trading with jamie malarkey exactly like michael johnson did and he hits him himself or maybe gets like a grappling position but i like this fight under um where's the two and a half i gotta at find it
0: 55 on DraftKings. I would, yeah, I love I that. bet it at like 160 it. and it's going the opposite way, man. I mean, oh,
1: I, I like the under. I love the under. I love, yeah, love the under.
0: I agree. Um, next fight, flyweight division, fun fight here. Cleetson Rodriguez, Shannon Ross. Um, Rodriguez minus 320, Ross plus 270. Your turn to start this one off. What are you thinking here?
1: Yeah, Shannon Ross might be concussed still from that last fight he had against Salvador, and we have. Pretty nice on uh, Salvador. I don't know what happened with that Shannon Raw sign. Like, if I think there was like an issue with some of the tape to find with him, because I think his last two fights, like people, some people hadn't seen, but I think in both of those fights, he got dropped, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he did. And I think, and I think maybe even the fight before that, I think he might have also been dropped against that Paul Lugger guy, Loga. But either way, then he gets dropped multiple times against Salvador. And it just showed to me, the guy's chin is definitely very questionable. Um, his uh, just like me- method mindset when he's kind of like approaching is just not good. If he can't mix in the grappling, which I guess, I don't know. I don't remember if he shot any takedowns against Salvador. I don't think he did. But I think if he can't mix the grappling, he just can't really fight at the top level. Um, so I don't think that's great for him in a fight against clinton um, I do think this guy's very, very good and talented. Um, but I'm not jumping you, did did you put him in the parlay, you said? You put him no, in the parlay, right? No, this guy. Okay, this guy's not in the parlay. So, like, you know, he bullies Santo, which I'm kind of familiar with Santo actually. He's from the northeast. Um, know a few guys that train very, very closely with him, like literally daily. Um, and the guy's just he's a lot smaller. And it I, I don't think it's like a crazy significant win. Um, or something that I should be like, all right, like this guy's definitely, um, guy that should be winning, you know, consistently in the UFC or always, you know, favorite like Shannon Ross guy's a tough, he a tough, he's a tough guy, tough out, obviously you saw him keep coming after getting knocked down by, uh by salvador and then he won that fight that the, the other fight against donovan uh right before that after getting dropped as well so it's a tough dude so i'm not i don't really want to lay the juice on on uh, rodriguez i don't really think his hands are that great or like accurate so um you know there might be some value on shannon ross honestly you know maybe um as long as because i just think his grappling is is it, like it's better than um uh vergara in my opinion um especially offensively so i think if he could stay in the pocket with uh rodriguez and be able to shoot some takedowns put him on his back i think uh he might be be uh, cooking with something here but
0: yeah um, i took the under here under two and a half uh plus 100 for a unit and a half i mean i almost went bigger but I- i'm not in love with the finishing ability of, of Cleetson. Uh, I think he does have some, some, nice offensive striking, um, a little bit of pop behind his punches, but not, uh, not a super, you know, powerful striker, but just the way that Ross fights, man, this guy seems like every fight of his can go under. He just, you know, goes balls to the wall, even if he gets hurt and drop like Salvador did. I mean, uh, he, he didn't let that deter him at all. You know, that's the one good takeaway. No, he, in he, that fight. he was he in know. that
1: kitchen. He was yeah. in that kitchen. I mean, he
0: did not give one fuck that he got dropped several <laughs> times. He just got right back up and got in the guy's face. So <laughs> I, I made a tweet kind of, you know, trashing this guy earlier in the week because he does have five losses on the Aussie regional scene. He did get dropped three times in his last fight. He has only won one fight in the past three years. But if you watch that fight in the Contender Series, I mean, he did go for it. He he bit his mouthpiece and he went for it. So. Uh, I just think that he's probably going to be walking into strike zero. Like he does in all of his fights. Like Ozzy said, it's been three fights in a row. He's been dropped now and he got dropped three times in that last one. So five knockdowns across his past three fights. And, you know that that's just bad man i mean that that's that's uh, the type of fighter i want to bet the under on um because i think cleaton will probably be hitting them here i think that uh, cleaton might even have some grappling upside you know if you look at the lines for this one cleaton ko and and sub are right around the same price so they think it's kind of equally possible that whether it could be sub or uh K or ko and uh you know rodriguez you know looks a little gassy himself uh kind of you know had some uh some some gassy moments versus Vergara. So, if he has an early flurry here and it doesn't put Ross away, Ross might just, you know, come at him and, uh, you know, drown him late. So, I, I like this under two and a half. I think it should just be a crazy pace fight. Um, and hopefully, one guy finds the finish. Um, so, next fight, Featherweight Division. Really cool fight here. Josh Cooley Bow taking on Melsic Bogdazarian. Uh, a near pick fight, two way action coming in right now. Melsik minus 115, Cooley Bow minus 105. I think when this line first came out uh a couple weeks ago uh Cooley bow was uh, upwards of plus one fifty and um now all the way down to pick and uh I kind of understand the line being pick uh you know it's gonna be a striking fight between these two guys, both you know pretty patient strikers uh you know not the super high volume from either guy they're both looking to find that that uh those you know nice shots and they have you know very good uh very good strike selection um now I think it's gonna just be a, a pretty close striking fight between these two guys. I would be pretty shocked to see it not be like a 29-28. I do think it is going the full 15. Um, and I, I just lean Melsic a little bit here. Actually early in the week before I taped it, I was thinking Bow maybe Bow's you know, power behind his punches would would get him the win here. But I just think Melsic is uh, you know, such a seasoned kickboxer, striker that uh, you know, this fight being a striking fight, I don't think I don't think is gonna have uh, a lot of wrestling success here. So it's going to be a striking fight. And Melsic's I mean, his light kicks are fast. His body kicks are fast. And he has really nice left hand as well. And I just think he's going to be a little bit quicker. Um, and he obviously has a lot more experience in the striking round than Cooley Bowne does. So I just lean Melsic, uh, you know, edging out a decision here. I'm not sure if I'll come around to betting either side. But I would say Melsic, you know, very slight favorite. Just the slightest of the favorites, maybe 55% here. So, you know, great matchup. Lo- really looking forward to this fight. Uh, not sure if I'll have a bet yet. Interested to see your, your thoughts here, Ozzy.
1: Love this fight. Very cool fight. Um, you know, Josh Cooley about had a good UFC run. You know, he had to come in <laughs> uh, and get, you know, get the business uh, from Jalen Turner. But after that, you know, exciting fights, um, good fights, um, you know, stayed at 145 and, you know, has done good. Um, but I like Mel Secure. Now the reason I like Moussik is um you know first of all the guy's southpaw stance coming at you um you know big big uh, danger from that left side both with the hands and the feet um but the more fact is the Cooley bow stand up I just don't like it I mean the guy you know he's kind of switching southpaw left uh, southpaw orthodox he kind of tries to dart in like he's he he's like trying to play a style that He's just his body is just not suited for, it, first of all, and then secondly, um, you know when he when you're seeing like him have success, he's ha- having success against a dude like Choi, who's an idiot, and you know he just rushes in, he closes his eyes, literally looks down, and he starts you know kind of just winging shots, and you know he kinda, even he clips Koolibow uh, a few times, but I just didn't take any uh, a lot away from. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, he had a bunch of success, uh, on the feet against him. Um, I just think that, uh, Melsic is definitely a, a completely different level, uh, kickboxer. Um, and in the time that he's been away, like, I don't know what the deal is. Like, obviously I think he got married, um, at some point, I don't know. Um, but he's been out for a while. He had, he was in to fight burrito and some shit. Oh, he broke his hand. Um, but he's been working. He's been working his grappling. He's been working his stuff. He's been, he's been in the gym. Um. You know, training with the Armenians. So, um, I like, yeah, I like Mel I think that he's going to go to the body and be able to, uh, to get this win. But, you know, I would, would I be surprised if Koulibaly like got a takedown, maybe held him down a little bit, whatever. This is going to be a close fight. It's a pick him fight for a reason. So it's not a big bet for me, but it's one of the few money lines that I like this week. So I'm going to side with Melsick um, at this like minus, uh, I guess minus 105 on, um, Oh, I don't have that. Caesar sorry, minus one ten on Caesar, so I'll go with it. Very All right,
0: cool. la- last prelim in the light heavyweight division for us. Tyson Pedro taking on Medez's Bukakis and the line for this one. Um Pedro minus two thirty two, Bukakis plus one ninety seven. Uh I don't know if you're aware
1: here, but this line opened up with Bukakis plus mm. seven hundred for a second. Yes, there. that one I yeah, I heard about that one. I heard I did hear about that. Um I mean that that, that that's that's a, a wee bit wide. Um I would definitely say that that's kind of a crazy price. I mean Tyson Pedro I, like has he only had one fight since he's been No, he's had two. Yeah, had Huntsucker and he had the but did he have another one?
0: Via yeah, Villanueva. They really they Villanueva. really brought in the yeah, yeah.
1: Villanueva. <laughs> the that's charitable they, that's donations. the other one. So yeah, but the guys like. I guess he's active now because it's gonna be his uh third fight in 10 months so they're, they're trying to push him i guess and um you know Bukakis, like i'm very familiar with him obviously you know he's like a taekwondo karate guy um he's throwing these kicks around obviously he got his leg destroyed by a uh, khalil roundtree which that honestly feels like yesterday honestly martian when i was like saying that uh did i advocate for Bukakis or maybe no i think you advocated for khalil i think and i think i might have mentioned Bukakis. i don't even know but that was a brutal injury. I'm surprised that he's actually back and he already had a fight under his belt. But um Tyson Pedro, I just still don't know like know too much like I don't like betting on fights like this because like you don't really like Tyson Pedro, I assume he's just gonna look to kickbox and kind of you know establish his power in there. But if he's gonna do that, I don't really like you know like him that much in this fight because Bukakis is I guess kind of mobile. You know, obviously you had the injury. He's kind of mobile. I think he should probably be able to avoid some of the leg kicks that Pedro throws. And then um, and then he's also has long punches. So, you know, I don't know if if uh Pedro has kind of like the dominance to, you know, take care of this fight, which I think goes in line with the angle that you see in this fight, which I'm gonna let you take away with because I think you have more thoughts on it. But um, but yeah, the more that I think about it, I actually kind of think that your angle might be okay but i don't want to i don't want to lay that juice so i'm gonna just pass on this fight but i'll let you
0: yeah yeah i mean i just think that the angle here would be uh, the fight going longer going over um because you know Bukakis. if you watch his fights i mean especially his most recent fight in cage warriors i mean the guy is fighting uh with no intensity i mean it's complete sparring match type of fighting style i mean if you even if you look at his past um, you know, five fights, Croot, you know, crew was lighting this guy up on the feet with leg kicks and knocked him out, you know, McCall, that was kind of a, a tepid fight round tree, Those guys weren't really doing much before the leg kick PKO, um, Chadwick decision. And then this Campbell fight, you know, went into the fourth round and he finally finished him there. But the first three rounds, man, it's just slow, slow, medium tempo striking. So I just see very little intensity from Bukakis. So I think that he's the type of fighter who is fighting to go the full 15 minutes. So if this wants to be a high paced fight, it really relies on Pedro and now Pedro might come out of the gates, you know, have an effective leg kicks and, uh, you know, um, hurting that leg of Bukakis kind of like Jimmy crew did, but outside of Pedro, you know, really coming out fast here, I think this one is bound to go, uh, later, you know, into the second and third round, I don't think Pedro has ever finished a fight outside of round one, I believe. Um, and you know he had that fight against Shogun where he 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 gassed out really badly and got knocked out you know in in his home country there or I don't know if it was Australia or New Zealand or whatever, but, um, and I think he, you know, took a lot of time off and now coming back, you saw in that Ike Villanueva fight, he's very patient taking his time. I think he's really scared of gassing out again and he wants to become a more patient striker. So I think that this fight's just going to be, you know, a patient, low, medium tempo striking fight. And it probably will go over one and a half might even go in the third round and might go that full decision. So, um, I'm kind of in the same boat as Ozzy, though. I don't think it's an easy click on that, that over where it's at now. Um, because, man, I mean, Bukakis doesn't seem to know how to check leg kicks. If Pedro just smashes that leg kick home, he might get this one over quickly. Uh, but if it doesn't, man, it could uh, could really turn into a, a boring His kick lead
1: on. leg, isn't it his lead leg, too, the one that fucking yeah, got broken three. in half?
0: Oh, I don't remember that one. I think it's yeah, the lead but, leg. But this one is orthodox versus orthodox. I mean, if that's Buka- what I'm saying. If it would Buka- be his Buka- left- says,
1: it would be his left leg, and that'd be the leg that Pedro would be kicking anyway.
0: If Bukakis has any sense here, he should be fighting Southball to you know kind of negate some of that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Uh, I think size
1: that Pedro supposed to fight first? The Chinese uh, guy?
0: Yeah, the Zhang who knocked that dude down. on the no! Go that would have been fun. Um. Anyway, uh, main card time uh first round of the main card uh light heavyweight division Jimmy Cruitt taking on Alonzo Menafield Jimmy Cruitt the favorite banger
1: banger and,
0: um minus 190 I think um yeah and then Menafield plus
1: 165
0: fuck I bet Menafield I bet huh. Menafield money line one unit I mean I f- I really feel that just it's probably not going to look bad I mean I don't know if it's going to win or not but I, I I have a hard time seeing Crute coming off of what a year and a half layoff what was that injury? injury?
1: What was that injury he had? He had a surgery for what, the knee,
0: leg? ankle. Remember, well, you know, the, the Smith Smith hurt his ankle?
1: Yeah, but he fought after that, didn't he? Oh, that's
0: right. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, or J- Jamal knocked him out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, I mean, so, if, you, if you're looking at this guy, I mean, he's minus 200, or he was when I bet against him. That was um, the same,
1: same price that he was against the light heavyweight champion as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the market just loves this guy too much. I mean, he was he was heavily favored over Smith. His leg got shut down there. He got instantly knocked out versus Jamal Hill. So two bad losses, an injury, a long layoff, and he's somehow minus 200 over Alonso Menafield. I mean, I don't think Menafield is very skilled, but I mean, he's athletic, and I think he's dangerous enough everywhere here. I don't think he's going to be easy for Krupp to take down, and I don't think he's going to be easy for Krupp to outstrike either. So hopefully Menafield can make something happen leverage his athleticism, you know, catch Crute early when uh, Crute's a little uncomfortable, and, uh, you know, hopefully pull off the upset. Uh, I think it'll probably end by finish. Some guys going to finish each other in the first round and a half. The under is probably good here. Um, and, yeah, hopefully Menafield can do it.
1: Tough fight, but when I think about it, I definitely like Menafield in it. Just because the fact that, like, Jimmy Crute does go for these takedowns like he does he has not shown me a lot of control if you know and, and as well also as well Jamal Hill fight my word shots you saw the guy's fucking face so might not be too durable and I'm telling you right now Lonzo Menafield kind of durable and he hits pretty fucking hard and you're telling you know they're pricing him at plus 180 here you know, obviously, Jimmy Cruz needs to take Alonzo menafield down and basically finish him on the ground. Like, I can't see a, a world where Jimmy Cruz consistently taking Alonzo menafield down and he doesn't get a finish. Because I feel like Alonzo will sell out for, uh, you know, trying to get back up to his feet. Um, So with that being said... Just looking at I mean, crude
0: crude is basically Misha Serkinov, and uh-huh, he really And Al- Alonzo just fucking stiffened him yeah. up.
1: Actually, that was an early stoppage. But um huh, come on. What uh <laughs> what, what was the price on the under in the Misha Serkinov fight? Do you can you pull that up? Um sure.
0: It it had to have been minus 205 yeah. or something, I would I say.
1: Know, something minus something. I don't know if it is that much. My,
0: oh my god, it was only minus
1: 143. Yeah. So <laughs> that was a good bet. So um, I kind of lean towards the under in this fight. Yeah. Because... I mean, these guys just go balls to the wall. I mean... Even with me saying the thing with, like, all right, Jimmy Crute, like, the control thing, the main thing is that I feel like if Jimmy Crute starts grappling Alonso, like, Alonso's either going to freak out and just start, you know, getting... and get away because he just kind of just lands some bombs in tight... Or he's going to freak out and fuck up, and Jimmy Cruz is going to end up submitting him. Both these guys, like, I just feel their energy. They're under guys. They just Definitely. really are. Yeah. They, even when this guy had a broken, like, fucked up his leg, you know, or whatever, like, just went to wrestling, like, he couldn't keep that. He, he's an under guy. You know what I mean? Like, and he just comes I mean, off an injury.
0: Cruz has ended in round one, uh, six fights in a row. Seven, yeah. of, uh, six, seven of his past eight fights have ended in round one
1: these guys they're under guys like i wouldn't want like the, that over money is not enough for me to be yeah. interested in it at all
0: yeah i mean i could see i could see either guy getting on top of one i, I actually don't think either guy is super likely to get on t- uh, to finish each other from on top so th- that's a way i could see it extending over one and yeah, half but but what are you top
1: can you really see jimmy crew knocking on lonzo on the feet i just don't like no, Jimmy I don't, I don't like it would only Kurt's be gonna if have
0: to win like late in the fight if he's gonna win. I
1: right, let's take yeah, let's take Alonzo. We got Alonzo. yeah Has Alonzo been training with Pat Barry?
0: I don't know. So is he not in the Fortis anymore? Is that
1: what's happening? Well, no, I'm not sure. Yeah, it says looks like Saif Saud is getting a lot. He he got all of James uh, Krause's uh, jobs. I don't know if you saw. He does like the videos now and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, You that money. Um. I, I, one thing I do not like, though, is is Menefield is nine years older than Crude. doesn't really seem like it, but uh, it's Black bro. History
1: Month, too, so we're good. There we go. There you go. You know, you go. come on, man. He's not. What, how old is Menefield? What, what do they have he's on He's 35. Paper? I did not A know paper, that. On paper, <laughs> on paper. On <laughs> paper. That motherfucker. Yeah. That motherfucker is, tw- like, genetically, bro, he's frozen in that, time.
0: T- that torso is not 35. Right well, that torso
1: on. is going to be 27 until he's, like, 45, dog. Um, And then and then it's gonna age like three years. He's gonna be (laughs) thirty. He's gonna be thirty from the year he's forty five to like sixty, dog. Look thirty. Um
0: we're staying in the heavy divisions. Heavyweight next. Justin Toffa taking on Parker Porter. Oof. Uh, Justin Toffa minus minus one twenty-five. Parker Porter plus one hundred five. Your turn to start this one off. What are you thinking about this one?
1: Oh, splendid fight! I wish my boy Waldo would have been on this fight to give both these Taffa boys elves um have them have him pack, pack them going home to. Are they New Zealand or Australian? Who cares?
0: Yeah, they're New Zealand. New yeah. Z-
1: All right, have them, you know, jump jump the uh fly the kite over. Um, I think I think that's an expression those guys down under say. Some sure shit with kites, they talk about kites a lot, bro. Have you ever seen a kid? You know, kites used to be a big thing. Um, you, you yeah, see, you,
0: like, like hundred years ago, like yeah. it would be a big deal if a kid got a kite. Yo,
1: even when I was like in, I remember when I was like in kindergarten or first grade, we made some kites. They're pretty fucking cool kites. Um, but kids, kids nowadays, imagine a kid with a kite nowadays. The hell. <laughs> Um, they'd be bored out of their mind. <laughs> fuck, they'd be like, "What? Well, what? What?" I'm blowing. They this would hang the- themselves
0: with it. Yeah.
1: whoa, Jesus Christ! <laughs> All right. So we're we'll, we're on Parker Porter. All right. So I mean, look, I like the plus money on Parker Porter. I like the plus money on Parker Porter earlier in the week. Um, just because the guy's super tough, man. Like, guy eats, you know, punches for breakfast. Like, obviously, Justin Tafa, he kind of hits hard, but he he's never won a fight outside of the first round. I don't, or maybe one, his first, he's won, his He's first. won
0: two technically, but they're against like bums. What
1: do you mean? Oh, the other one was like 30 seconds in. So I don't really count that. But he's looked bad, man. He looked bad in a lot of these fights. Like Harry Hunsucker, that's a horrible. F- I just feel like some in like these heavyweight fights like this, like just bet the underdog. If you're going to gamble on it, you're going to bet on it. Just bet the dog. I feel like it should just be, it doesn't even matter who it is. You know, you they give you a fight like this, striker versus grappler. You know, even if they gave me a striker, if they gave me Justin Taffa at like plus like one thirty, I would probably just take him. But at plus like uh what what's uh Parker Porter at now? 0-5, um, oh, oh five. Oh five. Yeah, I mean a lot of the value's gone out. I bet I put a little bet on him at like it was like plus one fifteen, small bet. Um it's cause he could ground Justin Taffa. Um he's probably not as agile and quick, so he's gonna have to watch out for some of those bombs. But I feel like he could just wear this guy out. Get a takedown on him. Press him against the fence. You know, is it my most confident lean? No, definitely not. But I just, like, look at the over, bro. The over, have it at, um, you know, plus, like, plus 110. I mean, it doesn't really make sense, like, a lot of these props to me. But, you know, do you really think Justin, like, it's pick him to go start round three. Come on, dude. Justin Taffa, he does not have power outside. Like, if you take a few shots from him, make him grapple with you, shoot some takedowns on him, get him in the clinch, make him do anything, dude. He does not have power later in fights. And Parker Porter gets stronger later in the fight. He's like a a rare heavyweight that you could say that's the case for. So I'm riding with Parker Porter.
0: Yeah, I really think that last fight against Almeida for Porter is probably, like, affecting people's judgment here. I mean, we're getting a good price on Porter. I I remember, like... I remember hearing there was some new Toffa brother. And then I looked at the line and I was like, wait a minute, Justin Toffa, is that that bum who lost to Jared Mandara? And if so, how is he favored over the legend Parker Porter? And sure enough, it is. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I think Porter should be favored. I hit him for a unit and a half at plus 122.
1: Bro, and look at I... these fights, bro. They had Parker Porter fight Almeida, right? Then they had him set up to fight Hamdi. Then they had him set up to fight that monster Slim, who fucking Fernando Lopez is holding hostage. Uh, man,
0: your your mic is your mic is uh excuse me. a little
1: loud on it, us here. Excuse me, but 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 then they try to have him fight Slim, the dude that the fucking guy is holding hostage, right? He's supposed to be the next big thing, and now he gets to fight <laughs> Justin Taffa, dude. He's it, getting a break. Oh, are you kidding me? That is insane, <laughs> dude. Like, that's literally two Olympic wrestlers and Jalton Almeida as his last three opponents. And now he gets... Well, I
0: don't a- know about... I don't think we're going Hamdi in Olympic. Was he... I don't know yes, exactly. he
1: was. No, yeah, he was in the Olympics, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Hamdi was in the Olympics, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't he think was, so. dude. Yeah, 100% for Egypt, I, dog. I don't know. It's like how... yeah. Um, yeah, dude, he was in the Olympics. Anyways, he lost his first me, uh, match, but gotta, he, he was in there. I gotta, I
0: gotta go through uh, some more. Oh yeah, so I mean, I'm, I mean, <laughs> so what, you brought up a good point. So starts round two here is 70 is percent. So if the fight starting round two is seventy percent, how the fuck is Porter the underdog? like if this fight has any resemblance of going past the first round it's going to be almost all porter i think uh, so uh, i would be i wouldn't be shocked if porter got knocked out in round 1 but i would be shocked if porter lost besides a round 1 knockout so i, I think porter's going to weather the early storm here you know get the fighting close clinch up get some takedown time and i mean tafa he hits hard but i don't think he's you know a very thoughtful striker I think he's just a big heavyweight guy who, you know, knocked out some bum opponents throughout his career. I mean, seriously, his best win is probably Juan Adams. And that was like some, some bullshit fight where he, you know, hammer fisted him or something like that. But uh, I think, I think you know, Porter's going to win. I don't think he's going to necessarily make it easy. But uh, if it gets out of round one, I think it's going to be all Porter. Maybe maybe we should stab on some of these round two, round three, pops. Porter round two plus 850, Porter round three plus 1500. That, that round three, I think, is looking good. We um, don't
1: respect Porter, bro? Porter made it longer against Jalton than anyone in the UFC has. Well, you better respect him.
0: Three unanimous decisions in a row before that, too. Come
1: on, um, bro. So... Who doesn't love a heavyweight that can win by decision, dog? Come on. That's the best, yeah. bro. That's, that, that, that's some people's love language, bro. We're getting,
0: we're getting a gif. It's we got this, <laughs> you know, knockout puncher guy versus this fat, round, bowling ball looking decision winner. But the guys, often doesn't even player,
1: make weight, dude. Sometimes he's a fat guy, his fucking
0: guy, He's like one of the first people ever Where's to miss frog? weight for a heavyweight fight, right? Come yeah, come on, that's insane. Um, all right, um, welterweight time. Great fight here, Randy Brown taking on Jack Dela Madalena. Jack Della minus minus three hundred, Randy Brown plus two fifty. A lot of discussion, a lot of chatter about this fight, um, and rightfully so, man. It's it's a fascinating matchup. You know, uh, they're they're steadily giving Jack, uh, you know, uh, step ups in competition, and you know, Brown is a a good test here. I mean, I think these guys are kind of around the same uh, tier right now in the UFC. And uh, you know, obviously, Jack getting a lot of respect by the odds makers, and uh, the guy's you know a lethal striker. You know, his his boxing is super legit. His uh, his kicks are looking really good as well. And just but man, the way he gets in the pocket and throws combinations, he rips to the body. I mean, he's fast, he's accurate, and uh, he's got really crisp technique so i think that that is probably a bad sign for randy brown here i was just re-watching the fight against uh, chaos williams earlier today and um you know randy he's he's kind of getting really like overzealous in that fight he was you know slipping punches and showboating a little bit you know making faces and uh that shit's not gonna work against jack della i mean jack della will i mean Chaos was throwing one big looping punch from four feet away, and Brown would be able to duck that one and, you know, hit him with some counter shots, and he looked all right there. But Jack Della is going to throw, you know, a six-punch combination targeting the head, targeting the body, and Brown's not going to be able to avoid that shit. Um, So when it's at distance, I mean, I think Brown's going to be in trouble here. For Brown to win, he's really going to need to come in with a game plan to clinch, to grapple, to grind against the cage, because if he thinks he can, you know, take Jack at distance, I think it's going to go really badly for him. So it's really a matter of uh, does Brown, um, you know, have enough respect for for Jack not to strike with them and to go right to the grappling, because if he if he. Fools around the range here. I think it's going to go really bad for him quickly. He might get knocked out in the first round. So, um, Brown, I think he is smart enough to, to grapple, to grind here. He has been training at Marquez MMA in Philly, which is, you know, a very grapple, grind heavy camp. And I think uh, Brown will probably attempt the right game plan here. Uh, but it's just, has Brown taken that many guys down? No. it's just wrestling good? No. Uh, I don't know, man. I think that he, I think to beat Jack, you're going to have to be a good grappler or a really durable striker. And I don't think Brown is really either of those things. So I, I think Brown might have a little bit of clinch success here, but it, in the second and third round, Jack will take over, start getting that distance. The big cage here is good for Jack and, uh, probably seeing a, a, a late finish or a pretty wide decision for Jack here. I don't think it's going to be a round one knockout. I think a lot of people are thinking for Jack to cover it's going to have to be around one knockout. I think Jack can cover outside of that. So, um, I did bet on the fight though. I did. I did throw a flyer on Brown by sub at fourteen to one. I figure if the guy's winning, he's going to be grappling, and if he's grappling, the sub at fourteen to one is worth a little poke there. So um, that's my stab and read on the fight. Uh, what about you, Ozzy?
1: Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm obviously full on. You know, all steam ahead. You know, full throttle. As a supporter in my New York brother, Randy Ruboy Brown in his career but i am very concerned about this fight i will tell you I'm very concerned jack della the guy you know he just he just ripping these punches in a different kind of way with different kind of intentions um and randy brown although he has obviously a lot of things that will be different for jack in um, his length his ability to use kicks as well right high kicks you know those front kicks you know, he'll teep you to the face. You know, he'll throw the uh, straight kick to the leg as well. Um, and he does come from that boxing background where he's going to be familiar with kind of how to come in, you know, and stay safe maybe a little bit, how to land that right hand, you know, and how to, you know, kind of land and be sharp and kind of just get out of the way sometimes. But the way Jack kind of puts together the shots to lead you into the next ones, are um i think a little bit interesting a, something that definitely brown hasn't seen you know he's fought trinaldo freaking chaos like chaos williams is a very rudimentary boxer in my mind um and even he was able to kind of you know stay in the pocket with randy brown and um you know um <clears throat> uh give, give trouble for randy to really uh be consistent and win rounds uh, even, let alone kind of land, you know, super damaging shots um, in their fight there. So if Randy's not really able to kind of control really the, the pace sometimes on a guy like Jared Gooden and Chaos, it's kind of got me concerned um, with if these guys are exchanging here. So I do believe that he should really be looking for clinch entries, double underhooks, you know, look to get to a trip, look to do something similar to what he did to... um Cowboy Oliveira, I think that'd be fantastic. You know, I know he's got really good grappling, strong guy as well, uses leverage well. So I would love to see him, you know, snatch up a guillotine here, snatch up a neck, you know, get to this guy's back, flatten him out, whatever, you know, ground and pound. But, uh, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure what's going to happen in this fight. So I'm really rooting for Randy, you know, um, but, you know, I don't think I'll have any uh, any wagers on it. All right, it's going to move us to the co-main event. Could you take Um, this one, too? Could you start off this next one? Yeah, sure.
0: Sure thing. Um, Co-main event, interim featherweight championship fight. Yair Rodriguez taking on Josh Emmett. The line for this one, Yair, uh, minus 185. Josh Emmett, plus 160. So, pretty crazy this is an interim title fight, first of all. Just a note on, like, what, you know, just how the fight came together. I mean, Yair has one win in the past uh, three years, and it's an injury uh, TKO, right? Um, Meanwhile, Arnold Allen has 10 wins in a row or 11 wins in a row and, you know, not in the interim title fight. Um, And then Josh Emmett kind of coming off a pretty fortunate decision against Calvin Cater there. I mean, I'm pretty sure he lost that fight. And he, uh, you know, like the judges, the judges really fucked that one up. Anyway, though, kind of a stupid fight here to be for the interim championship, but uh, intriguing matchup nonetheless. First thing, though, I got to talk about is, you know, a lot of rumors about this fight. Possibly with an Emmett injury, you know, we saw today a lot of action come in on Rodriguez. We kind of been hearing this rumor about, you know, a hip injury for Emmett for a while here. Um, And, you know, I'd say there's some validity to it. I know that some, you know, big betting groups out there are taking Yair, you know, probably do have some inside information. And that, you know, really throws a wrench in this whole fight, um, because I think if there was no injury, I think that it would be, uh, you know, a pretty easy bet on Josh Emmett because I think the guy's got, you know, a few ways to win the fight. I think he can win the fight on the feet with his, you know, his power boxing. You know, catching Yair with a big punch, or you know, the uh, pretty obvious path of wrestling. I mean, Yair Rodriguez is a shitty wrestler. I mean, he gets taken down easily, and he goes full guard on his back. He lays on his back for long periods. We saw Jeremy Stevens fucking drag this guy to deep waters with his wrestling, and Jeremy was beating him up in round three. Max Holloway outgrappled him in the fight. Obviously, Frankie Edgar back in the day outgrappled him, and Nair just doesn't seem to be getting that much better uh, at wrestling. So, uh, I mean, if Emmett came in with the, the game plan to wrestle, I think he would hit those takedowns. I think he could get easy top time here. But um, you know, it's hard to hard to really know what uh, what percent Emmett we're getting at here, and uh, you know, kind of kind of ruins the fight a little bit. Uh, you know, I guess I I think you would have to err on the side of the injury news being um trying to ignore it, you know, but uh, but then, but then you could also uh see Emmett at plus one sixty and bet too much when uh when there could be an injury. So I think if you're looking to play Emmett, I would go a little light here, um, you know. Maybe a unit maximum on Emmett uh, because there's a good chance he could be severely compromised coming in this fight and just get, you know, torched early on here. But I do have a bet on the fight, and that is the fight not going the distance. Plus 110 on FanDuel or... um DraftKings um just for a unit and a quarter I just think that with the possible injury news that's good for the under. Yair is obviously very quick at the strikes Could hurt Emmett on the feet. Emmett could catch Yair with a big punch at any point and Yair fades late man. His his cardio does not seem good for 5 rounds. And uh, a late finish could happen for Emmett. I just think a lot of different finishes are on the on the board here. And when these guys are on the feet, they're going to be colliding. Big body kicks from Yair, big overhand rights for Emmett. And I think either guy could go down with a knockout here. So I like the fight not going the distance. App plus money. Um, and I hope Emmett wins honestly. So uh, w- Ozzy, I want to hear your thoughts on on the matchup and obviously the potential news about an injury here for Emmett.
1: Yeah, I think they first they said this motherfucker had a fucked up hip, Then they said that he's got a mess. Someone said he's got like a messed up shoulder. I don't know what to, you know, what what what's going on there. Um, I kind of, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna kind of go into it, you know. I kind of, I personally like, you know, one one thing. I'm all jumbled up here. I'm sorry. I haven't seen the motherfucker on the embedded yet. Any training, and I I. I'd like it for the UFC to make it a staple that we need to see everybody on the main card or whoever it is, the top two billing, four billing, whatever it is, hitting some pads. Uh, show me something like I want to see these guys cutting weight, whatever it is, because uh, the thing with not seeing TJ, I thought that, you know, when, when they mentioned it, I thought that was sketchy overall. Um, but I, little did I know that it was like a whole injury thing as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of going into it, trying to see one maybe like weigh-ins if you can see any clips of Edmund moving around a little bit because if you want to say the hip injury and stuff like that, like Josh Edmett, just a tough motherfucker, right? You know, fought um a whole fight against Shane Burgos with the you know, torn knee and you know, fractures in his leg and all these kinds of things. So, could definitely be a guy toughing out an injury, but also a pretty good guy to fight through uh, one uh, as well. Now, in t- how they fight? You know, obviously, Emmett throws these kind of like clubbing, you know, uh, shots. He's you know big overhand rights and stuff like that. Where um, you know, Cater was taking him on the guard, but it literally still won Emmett the fight. And Yair, he's kind of like a guy who he 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 tries to think that he's like a little bit better of a boxer than he really is. Like, I don't know if you saw like the Jeremy Stevens fight again, like some of the stuff that he's doing. He's kind of throwing some shots, and he's like interrupting them to like think act like he is like shoulder rolling or something. It was just really weird. It was really ugly boxing. um he's a great kicker. um so if he could keep the range with those uh, that should go well for him. but I think his hands are pretty bad. Um I think that if Emmett is able to slow this guy down at all. Or avoid getting his like legs kicked. Uh, too bad. Uh, he should be able to land a lot of punches on Yair as Yair kind of like runs around. Yair doesn't keep form. He doesn't keep his stance. He kind of, you know, breaks a lot of rules, right? You saw what what happened when he landed that elbow on Korean Zombie. He's kind of like, you know, running away from, um, you know, he's not kind of like looking to gauge a clinch or anything like that. He's kind of just backing away and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like if Josh Emmett is on point and his speed is, you know, good, he should be able to land a, a, a good number of a shots on a, a guy like Jair Rodriguez. So I kind of like Emmett. We'll see where the line goes. I make it a play. Might just wait to fight day. Maybe we get a plus 200. You never know what's going on nowadays. So let's see how it plays out. Yeah.
0: Generally, though, when we've heard speculation about an injury lately, it it has been sharp. So. That's, that's not promising for, for Emmett backers. But, I mean, that that would fucking suck, man. We already had the TJ Dillashaw shit, you know, a couple months back. We had a bunch of main events last mm-hmm. last year. Um, Aspinall, Ortega, Yair, and then Allen and Cater all fell through due to injury. So, hopefully there's not another injury here. Um, that'd be a bad look. Anyway, main event time. Um, champ, champ, fight. Featherweight champ Alex Volkanovsky moving up to fight. Lightweight champ Islam Mahachev. And this fight um, is taking place, obviously, lightweight. Um, and the line for this one, Islam, minus 405. Volkanovski, plus 305. Your turn to start this one off. I'm glad you're starting this one off, Ozzy, because, uh, you know, this can be a, a tough
1: fight to talk about. But um, what are you thinking? Awesome fight. You know, I I, I like, uh, you know, I kind of like that they're making it. I don't really mind too much. You know, Volkanovski, obviously, he's ran through a lot of, you know, a lot of guys uh, in, in the 145-pound weight class. For some people, they would have probably liked to see someone else kind of get mixed in, um, instead of Holloway. But I mean, Volk has just been very, very sharp, and you know, you know, landing these sh- these uh, strikes on you know these guys, you know, controlling the pace of the fights. Um, so the biggest question here is is Islam able to get the takedowns, you know, like he's gotten on most people, and I mean, I'm inclined to kind of think that Islam will find some takedowns. But then I'm just like unsure about uh if he gets a takedown, let's say first or second round, you know, maybe early in the second round, whatever it is, maybe he lands two takedowns. Like, is he um going to be able to continuously get takedowns like round over round in regards to um, you know, the the training that Volk is doing, I'm I'm sure it's not like uh you know, like a Dustin Poirier kind of game plan, right? Where he gets taken down by freaking Charles Oliveira and what's the brothers' game plan? Is let me hold my guard for the whole round as I get elbowed in my face. I don't think that's what Volk's plan is. So I think Volk is looking to, you know, get back up to his feet, make Islam either choose, right? So it's like an additive when kind of like I'm kind of thinking MME grappling. When you're grappling a guy, right? If you're hitting the guy, you can't hold him down. You shouldn't be able to hold him down. And if you're holding them down, you can't really hit him too much, right? Obviously, the Russians, they solve this shit with getting like the handcuff, right? Getting uh, the legs, right? Tied up, right? The little mermaid shit that they do, right? Th- that is to solve the problem of if I'm trying to punch, the- punch- smash his face, he's going to probably be getting up because my hands are occupied hitting him. So, what they do is they control the legs, you know, in the body with, with their legs. Um, so, it's very interesting to me. For, you know, the fact that I know Volk and Craig Jones, these guys, they know what I'm kind of, if I know this, like obviously Craig Jones knows and he's kind of trying to school Volk on, you know, the, the ways to get up and how, you know, wh- where they're looking to go. And I think that I will say the Russians are kind of predictable. Okay. So they, I don't think they're like a, a, a tribe of adjustments, right? Even if in like old war times, I feel like they look, you know, square peg, round hole. So I don't know if they're, you know, putting in a lot of stuff to uh, counter that. And I feel on the feet, you know, the the only issue I have is that Volk's main weapon or best weapon is his jab, and we're a southpaw versus orthodox matchup. Um, and I really haven't seen Volk throw too many kicks, and I don't think he's gonna want to kick that much. So I come away still favoring Islam. Because I feel that even if they're on the feet, if Islam is managing his gas tank, the fact that he's got bigger power, uh, a little bit more familiar, uh, a little better matchup, I feel with the with their tools between uh, Southpaw to Orthodox, I still favor Islam, but I do think that Volk, uh, you know, potentially could make uh, Islam very uncomfortable, uncomfortable in the fight, drain his gas tank, and that's when he will he would really shine in this fight, in my opinion.
0: That was a pretty good breakdown. I think it's a little Thank bit you. more, a little bit more um, complex and thought thought out than mine. Honestly, um, I mean, I think uh, the fight comes down a lot to size. I mean, uh, Islam is, is a fucking big lightweight. um, I wouldn't say he's a small featherweight. I mean, uh, height wise, he's a small featherweight, but he's obviously very, you know, built and you know, almost stocky. Obviously, if you guys know that he used to be, you know, well over 200 pounds, it makes sense. The guys, you know, he's thick. Um, But, you know, the size is probably going to be a very significant factor here. Uh, I mean, weight classes exist for a reason. And, uh, you know, going up in weight like this, I I don't love it. Um, Especially when the, the, the bigger fighters fighting style is very reliant on that size like if you look at conor mcgregor versus eddie alvarez the size there wasn't a big factor uh because uh eddie alvarez you know isn't a control grapper who's going to use his weight and wear on you like that they're, they're they're two strikers so it was a fairly even uh matchup um sort of similar to, you know, Cejudo and uh, Marlon Marais as well. A lot of examples we've seen of this. uh, It's very rare that we've seen uh, one where there's going to be this dominant of a grappling advantage. I I can't really think of any other examples. I don't know. I don't know about you, Ozzy. Try to think about that.
1: But um, Jan, Jan, he had a huge grappling advantage over Izzy. Oh, yeah, that's true. Polish power, Polish grappling, bro. It's way better than New Zealand.
0: Right. um, So, I mean, the the striking for the fight, I think, is is pretty straightforward. You know, Volkanovski, probably the best striker in MMA, and he's going to make Islam uncomfortable on the feet. He's not going to have that, you know, touch of death power, though, that it's going to, you know, he doesn't need one big moment on the feet here. You know, he he needs a a lot of sustained success in the feet, you know, light kicks, working his jab, punching the body. I mean, the thing is, though volkanovsky you know not being a power striker if he's winning this fight on the feet he's going to have to keep the fight on the feet for long long stretches of time he's going to have to win the striking he's going to have to stuff takedowns he's going to have to get off of his back i mean it's a very very tall task against a fellow elite fighter a guy who's going to be a lot bigger than him and then against a guy who is just you know a fantastic grappler um Throughout a lot of Volkanovsky's fights, we have seen him taken down. You know, he's been blast doubled off, you know, off balance a few times. Uh, and he's done really well getting back to the feet. He's definitely a very intelligent defensive grappler here. But it it truthfully might not matter, guys. And there's a lot of footage out there of Volkanovsky doing well, uh, defending takedowns, getting off his back, escaping bottom position. But it, all of that looking good on tape still might not be enough here to beat Islam mahacha That's just how dominant his top game is. I just I just don't see Volkanovsky being able to 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 break free from Islam. Islam's always gonna have that that grip, that grasp. Um he's always gonna have his hands clasped and I just think that um Volkanovsky might survive here. He might, you know, get back up to the feet, but I just think Islam's gonna be, you know, clinging to his back, clinching him up the entire time, dragging him back down and just making this this fight hell for Volkanovsky and I'm kind of um, kind of perplexed as to how the fight will finish or, you know, how Islam will win. I really think it could be any of the three ways, KO, sub or decision. I think I would say the most likely um, would be submission, I think, um, just because Volkanovsky is not the type of guy to accept. bottom, Ozzy was talking about with Poirier. Volkanovski's not going to just lay there for five minutes. He's going to try to get up. He's going to attempt to stand back up, even if it means he might lose, even if he means he might get his back taken or he might get submitted. He's not going to go out laying on his back. He's going to go out on a shield. He's going to make something happen. And I think eventually... Um, he's gonna, you know, be in a really uh, precarious position, like a back take, and you know he might get ruined a he choke here. So, I think uh, it would be sub and decision, then KO in that order. KO being the, the least likely. Um, so, yeah, I mean. it's interesting to see number one or possibly number one versus number two pound for pound. That is an interesting concept, but at the same time, Arnold Allen's on a 10 fight win streak and he's not getting a title shot. Benil Daryush is on an eight fight win streak and he's not getting a title shot. I think that both these guys, Volkanovsky should have fought Allen. Islam should have fought Benil. And then if they both get past that, they should have fought one another maybe later this year. I think this is coming a little bit too soon. So I don't love the matchup. I I hope Volkanovski pulls it off. That would be you know miraculous to see, but I don't think he does. I think he I, I'll go uh, Islam sub three here. What about you? You have like an official pick? Uh,
1: uh Islam uh, round four TKO.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Um. All right. Well, that'll do it. Um. I have a lot of bets tracked for the card. Uh might still be adding more. Yeah, I got money lines. I got unders. I got um a parlay. First parlay I've done in like six months or something oh. on on a track bet. So, um, you know, that'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting card. You know, keep uh keep uh your eyes peeled for the live lines. Always good there. Any uh any closing thoughts here? What what's your what's your Super Bowl pick, Ozzy?
1: Oof, good question. I mean. Man, you know, I just can't root for the Eagles, bro. So I mean, Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. <laughs> I cannot root for the Eagles, bro. So Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. I'll take. I'm. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Um, I think they're like plus two but I'll go money line. I'll take the Chiefs, bro.
0: What's the score gonna be?
1: Fuck. Um, I think the Eagles' defense is actually more shaky than people credit for. Um but I'm actually thinking it's still not going to be that high score so I'm going to go Hmm, 20, 23 20
0: mm, interesting Under a game. I'm going to go 34 23 Eagles Eagles by 11 I hope
1: not That would be sick I hope not I'm but looking I'm know. looking for some prop bets this year last year I Think who, who won last year? It was the uh, Rams, right? We, I won last no, year. Yeah, Cooper I had a good. Cooper yeah, I had a great MVP. one last year because I had the Bengals. I had the Bengals on the spread, and uh, I don't remember who uh, was up at halftime. But I won my second half bet as well, and then on top of that, Cooper Cup got the fucking MVP. So that was great. That was at like nine to one. We got that one. That was great. That was a great one. Um, but yeah, that was pretty sick.
0: Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell is over. That's it kind of That's game about well rushing
1: over 19 and a half it is right now yeah over 19 and a half rushing uh the cheat i don't know i'll look into it was good to me yep
0: that'll do it everyone thanks for listening hope you all enjoy the fights this weekend uh you know enjoy the super bowl go birds philadelphia represent and uh you know we'll see you all uh, before <laughs> be, the next be, ufc event be
1: ready the next ufc event is not a pretty one that one uh we have to do uh what do we have to do We have to do that we have to do that episode will be out a day early
0: okay sounds good you heard it here first all right everyone thanks for listening see you all next time peace out